Boy, just be yourself. If people don't like you, if you're being yourself, fuck Can you speak? Can you hit you with the hard truth? The uncut from the gut. Yeah. He pulls no punch on this podcast. He blasts real-ish. Take on topics most folks won't deal with. Now that's that Mims mentality. Give you a dose of entertainment and reality. That balance of make you laugh and think. So hear him when he say, let me talk to the folk on the street. Talk to the incarcerated and liberated. Let me talk to the judges, politicians and lawyers, trap boys, hustlers and soldiers, men and women, no matter what color, creed or religion. That's what No Limit Larry is giving. The truth, shining the light, walking the walk, giving perspective from his perspective. You tapped in, you're listening, we're good. Welcome to Let Me Talk. That's what they call it, Let Me Talk, the podcast where we keep it a thousand because a hundred ain't enough. Man, welcome, welcome, welcome to tonight's edition. Wednesday, March 31st, the last day of March, and I got to start the show off by saying salute to all the women out there. It's Women's History Month. We're concluding the month, so shout out to all the women. No, I don't have a woman on tonight, but you know what I mean? Just want to salute to all the women out there, hardworking women. Do realize that March is Women's History Month, and you know, a lot of us, well, actually all of us wouldn't be nowhere without a woman, whether it's a woman in your life or it's your mama, your auntie, your grandma, somebody. Somebody has put you in position where you at right now. So salute to all the ladies who have ever been a part of my life. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you for helping me be the man that I am today. And shout out to my mama. I ain't talked to my mama in a while, man. I, I tried to holler at her date. She didn't give me back. So, hey, mama, if you're looking, if you're watching, I hollered at you. Don't call my phone because you're going to make my Facebook go out. But, hey, mama, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all already know the locale, man. We live from Zoo Way, 8432 uh, Old Statesville Road, Suite 200, a.k.a. the Charlotte Store. They got a whole bunch of new stuff in here. Ooh, boy, I'm going shopping tonight. Yeah. Can I borrow somebody's stimulus? Because I'm going to need it. Because they got a, but they got the new terry cloth in here. They got the new jackets in here. And we know it's getting warm, but it's a few cold days left. But you could always save it, them jackets and stuff for next year. And they definitely got all them shorts with that Charlotte stuff on. And y'all better hurry up and come get it. Because if y'all don't get it, I'm taking it with me. We still got some live well left. We got some live well left. A little bit. We got a little bit of that live, elevate, motivate. Hold on. Um, I'm going to go steal some right quick and put it on camera. I'm going to go steal a shirt. And a pair of paints. Yeah. Shameless plug, you know what I mean? Come get it. They be asking me, bro, where can I get that at? Live, elevate, motivate. You already know we got the shirts in the building. We got the pants. Oh, I should have got the pants while I was over there, huh? I'm silly. Let me walk back over there. Mary Ann gonna kill me. Yeah, live, elevate, motivate. Oh, let me steal the pants. Jacket. Yeah, we got the whole fit in here, man. Y'all come get it. Y'all, whole solid hornet color drip. You see what it is. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's the jacket right there. Shameless plug. Live, elevate, motivate. Every day you live, you got to elevate your life to motivate others. Others, that's what it stands for. You know what I mean? We live, elevate, motivate. Nipsey got the marathon, continues. I got live, elevate, motivate. Every day you live, you got to elevate yourself to motivate others. And that brings me to tonight's guest. This young man has been a living testimony of going out here, being a part of this nonviolent movement in the city. He's been doing it for a minute. I'm going to let him tell y'all how long he's been doing it, why he started doing it. It's my big homie, my partner. Y'all say what's up to Mr. Will Adams from Team True Blue. What's up, Will? What's up with it? No leasy. How you feeling, big man? You all right? I'm good, man. How about yourself? So let's dig right in, man. Team True Blue. Um, this organization that you and one of your partners started, how did it come about and uh, why did y'all start the organization? Well, actually, Team True Blue was actually birthed from a softball game, man, that we have. So to go back to kind of bring you up to speed and how that happened, mm -hmm. uh, if you know that everybody got their day, you know, Wilmo got a day, you know, the North got their day, I guess y'all still got a day. We got a day. We, we got to get on our day, though. We got to, we got to make ours big because y'all be doing it big on the West Side. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's what's up. So, y'all got softball. I think we're going to play football or something. We rough over there. Right. Well, I mean, you know, that's just how y'all are. So, what happened was, man, uh, I put on Facebook that uh, who wanted to do be a part of a Boulevard Homes Little Rock Day. All right. So, with that being said, what happened was uh, invited few, you know, invited people to come to the house. Mm -hmm. And uh, we was going to sit down and talk about it. You know, big shouts out to Nick Corey. Uh, and a couple of other folk that came by. She came by. It was only three people that really stopped by that day. Okay. And we wanted to talk about, you know, how to put together Boulevard Homes, Little Rock Day. Well, Ty Robinson happened to pull up, and we was talking. And he says, 
Hey man, why don't you do a, a softball game? Because you know Boulevard Homes and Little Rock was always competitive. Because the only thing that divided Boulevard Homes and Little Rock was a fence. Right. You know we would always tear the fence down or do whatever we had to do. To for be y'all, a part for of. y'all just tuning in or not, might not be Charlottes. Boulevard Homes, Little Rock is uh, two neighborhoods right off West Boulevard. And like he said, where they actually tore Boulevard Homes down. Little Rock still exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little Rock exists. They actually uh, turned Boulevard Homes into the the Alexander, where they actually put a school down there. Yeah. Renaissance Academy. Right. So what happened was, uh, Ty said, put it out there about doing a softball game. So mm-hmm. I put it out on Facebook about doing a Boulevard Homes, Little Rock, Stop the Violence softball game, because my son was actually killed in a park. Wow. So when I put it out, he said, man, you put it out there and I'll get with a uh, shout out to uh, Thomas. Thomas said, he said he'll get with Thomas because Thomas was over the Little Rock crew. So we got together and we started talking and I put it out and I just said, who all want to do this? And this is what it's going to be that day. And about 700 people showed up. Wow. Uh, the wow. community showed up, man. Like everybody brought food. It was like a big, big family reunion. Mm-hmm. People that you ain't never seen, you know, for a long, long time. Right. You know what I mean? So that's how that happened. And then um, at the end of it, it was a beautiful event, man. It was a beautiful turnout. No violence, no nothing. Everybody was loving on one another. And Dink, Donnell Gardner, the president, shout out to him. He couldn't be here tonight. He had to go to work, but he was definitely coming. Um, He said, hey, Will, we got to keep this going, man. And uh, Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, I mean, what what I'm going to do? Like, because I had no idea that this was going to turn out to be what it was going to be. I just was trying to do a Boulevard Homes. Little Rock Day right. reunion, softball game. That's all I was trying to do. So it turned into Team True Blue. What does the Team True right. Blue stand for? So Team True Blue was my son's name. Okay. His name was True Blue is what they called him. So I had to figure out exactly what True Blue stand for. I, I, hey, what's up, Big Mike? Come on in, man. This is our other guest. It's <laughs> our bodyguard, Mike. Come on in, have a seat. You can sit in the big red chair, man. Sit in the big red chair to balance this thing out. Yeah, Thank you. so... <laughs> so I had to figure out what True Blue stands for, man. And I prayed and prayed. And I asked God to give it to me. He gave it to me. And it stands for together, reunited under brotherly love until eternity. Meaning that we go together, back. reunited under brotherly love until eternity. Until eternity. I gotcha. I like it. Until eternity. Meaning that when you get in this, you're locked in this until eternity. The only way out of death. That sounds like a gang. Hey, man, you call it what you want. <laughs> <laughs> call it what you want. I ain't the smartest man in the world, but that sounds like a gang, 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 gang. Uh, now, that's dope, man. And uh, let me back up because I heard you say something very important. Yes, sir. You said your son was killed. And I know this information. Right. But, you know, people tuning in might not know this information. So your son was killed, and it, it, it brought this upon your life. Walk us through, because, and I want you to walk us through this, because a lot of parents are dealing with this right now. We see violence in, in our city, and I've known, I've known Will for a long time, um, not very personally. I've recently, you know what I mean, in the last three years, has got, have got to know this young man very personally, but I've known Will in passing for years and years through family members, through the work he was doing with Team True Blue and the uh, lunch budget program that y'all had in schools, what that y'all have, not say had, that y'all have in schools and, and things of that nature. But um, you've, you've worked in the, in the nonviolent field and you know trying to bring about change when it comes to violence for so long because you are truly affected, affected by it. And like I said, so many parents are going through this right now when it, when it deals with violence and violence in the homes and, and you know dealing with the police knocking on your door and saying, hey, your child has been murdered. Walk us through that, that the moments, number one, where you had to find out your child was m- murdered, the after effect, and then, you know, still dealing with it today. So I- I'll turn it over to you and let you take it from now. I knew you was going to do that. <laughs> I-, I mean, this, this is what it's for. Ah. We keep it a thousand because a hundred ain't enough. I ain't take, Mike, somebody breaking in your car, Mike. No, I'm just kidding. Take your time, man. Take your time. So, uh, 
Mike, that's is it? I think that's Mike car. Is my car? Is that my car? I might. Somebody car. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to everybody. Well, guy. I appreciate you stepping in and do that. It's a car going on. <laughs> nah, but you know. So it's, what happened, man? It's, it's, it's very important for people to hear from somebody who has been through it because, and I say that because a lot of us, we have been through it, but we haven't been through it with a child. Like we've been through it with family members, mm -hmm. but we haven't been through it like with a child. So it's very, very different. Well, so uh, in August of, of 2008, uh, I received a call that morning and uh, my son had said, uh, dad, I want to go shoot some pool. Now, my father shoots pool a lot, so he gave my brother a pool stick. My brother then gave me the pool stick, and I then gave it to my son. So he wanted to go shoot pool, and he never ever had the opportunity to use that stick. So I told him, I said, well, we'll go do it. I need somebody to take care of, and then, you know what I'm saying, I'll be back to you, we'll, we'll get back together. And um, so I'm about 45 minutes out, uh, and I get a phone call, and, and it's his phone. And I'm thinking, that, you know, when I answer the phone, I'm like, yo, what's up, son? What's going on? What's up? What's up? Mm -hmm. It's his mom. Wow. And she's screaming, and she's yelling, and she's saying, you need to get to the park. Your son has been shot. And I was like, huh, what? Hold on, stop, I can't hear you, say it again. And she said, you need to get to the park, your son been shot, what park? Five points across the street from my house. So if you was familiar with Baited for a Road, the house of prayer down by John C. Smith? Yep. So there used to be some houses across the street before they redid them, mm -hmm. two houses. Well, he used to live in one of those houses. And this particular day, he was walking along the side of the house of prayer uh, going down to meet my brother down at Smallwood. So for me, we're walking down Campus Street is and all that. Mm -hmm. So he was going down there to meet him. And my brother kept telling him to go the other way where churches was at. And the wheel like on was, the outside. Right, go on the outside. You, and Will told my brother that, no, go through the path because it's quicker. So he's walking and goes over the hill and down the park. And from what I've been told is uh, go ahead, man. Take your time. It's, it's, I mean, it, yeah, yeah. He walked down. He walked down to the park. When he got to the park. They say Reginald shot him twice. Mm, and Reginald is the man who actually killed yeah, him. Yeah, a dude named Reginald Johnson. Mm. So by the time I can get from 485 out by Independence, mm -hmm. he was shot on Basin for a Road at the park. I beat the ambulance and everybody to the hospital. Like I come down Independence probably doing a thousand. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, and I get there, and we sitting, and everybody's coming to the hospital, and uh, the doctor, uh, the, the the person came out to say, hey, we would like to see you in the room. Right. Was talking to me and his mom. Right. So uh, we go into the room, and we go into the room, and anytime you go into this room. You know what you time it is? Well. I can tell you this, something that I learned. Anytime you're in the room and it's three people, you know what time it is. Right. Because there's going to be the doctor, mm -hmm. there's going to be the chaplain, the, the, the chaplain mm -hmm. and there's going to be the support. Yeah. So when they came in, I didn't know what it was right. until he said, we did all that we can do. Mm. Yes. Son was shot in the bottom part of his heart. He was shot in the bottom part of his heart 
which is the softest part of your heart, it can't be repaired. So let me ask you this. <clears throat> Tough. And, you know, I, I've been with you. I went to that part with you. And and I know that's a pain that no parent wants to feel. And I watch you walk through this pain over and over and over again as we as we do stuff in the street we do stuff on Bitty Ford Road um I, I I know it's hard how do you continue to number one talk about it and number two try to get other people to realize like what they're doing with these guns because these especially in our city right now yesterday four people shot juveniles all under the age of 18 how, I mean, what keeps you going? Is, is, it, is, is it the memory of him that keeps you going? Is it just want the community to be better? Or is it, is it all encompassing? Like, what keeps you going? It's all together, man. Because um, I know my son. Mm-hmm. And my son was, was a caring person. I always wanted to do something to better somebody. And if he could help you, then he would help you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for me to get out here and, and and speak about it and try to encourage or to just be, let me say it like this. I be real with the people because I've experienced it. Right. So when, like Mr. Mike over here, his son was murdered. And uh, when I went to him and talked to him, mm-hmm. you know, I let the mom or the dad know that this is not an easy journey mm-hmm. that you are about to go on. And let me stop you right there real quick because we, we go talk to these families. I've been with you to talk to families. We, we, you know, shout out to Mothers of Murder Offspring. We speak at some of the kind of like vigils. And I've heard you say that. Like, you know, these days are going to get long. They're going to get hard. And the people that's around you, they're going to dwindle away. Like, they're not going to. They always say, we're going to be there. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. And then they're. Come by. They there for the first probably what what three weeks, and then after that, it ain't so speak, even three weeks. Speak, speak to that because a lot of people think, well, I'm gonna have all the support if something happens. No, 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 no. That's not that's not gonna happen. These people are gonna go back to their life. What it is is the fact that it's the shock, and it's the fact that you know they've lost their friend or they they loved one, their cousin. You know, if it doesn't personally affect them yeah. to a way that it changes their their lifestyle up. They go back to doing what they were doing before the incident happened or before, you know, before the tragedy happened. So, you know, when people come and say, hey, uh, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here. We look for them to be there. And when they're not there, that's like the hardest thing because you told me you was going to be there at my most vulnerable moment. Like when I really, really needed you, you're not there. You know what I mean? And that's what happens. And it happens all the time. And so I try to tell the parents that what you're looking at now. Yeah, because the candlelight vigils be packed. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, and because at the time, the person who, who, who's been done wrong, who's been murdered, it affects, you know what I'm saying, those that knew that person. Yeah. Or if they knew the mom, or if they knew the dad, or if they was a part of an organization, or they're part of a club, or whatever it may be, you're going to get all of that support. Oh, man, you're going to have hundreds of people that's going to be there. Two, three weeks later, you're on your own. Mm. That's the reality of it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's exactly what it, If anybody say that today they still got the same people that was at that candlelight vigil, that was at that funeral today, that was then, show them to them. Days get longer, the nights get harder. <sighs> Who do you call on, man? So, you know, you say the support dies down. And like I said, there's a lot of people watching. It's parents that's going through this right now. Who do you call on? First and foremost, you got to call on God. Yes, sir. You got you to gotta lean to him. You got to ask him for guidance and get, get all that you can get out of him. And believe and trust that he's going to lead you in the direction in which you need to go. And with that, once you get to that point, then you can start to touch others. Where 
when you look at the organization Team True Blue, mm-hmm. when we go into these houses and talk to these parents or these candlelight visuals and we talking to them and we encourage them, first and foremost, we want to let them know that they love by an organization of people that don't even know them. Right. Because, see, when you getting that love from somebody who don't know you, yeah. that's a different kind of love than uh, the people that's always been there been around you. Yeah. So we go and let them know, hey, we here to do what we can with what we have. And however we can help you, then that's what we will do. If it's getting you a news interview, if it's getting you a discount at the funeral home, if it's helping you buy this, if it's helping you get through that, if it's helping you with a phone call to this person or that person, whatever we can do in that time, then that's what we'll do. But we're also still available for you afterwards. When that three, 400 people leave, we still standing right here and we just a phone call away. And we always a phone call away. Let me ask you this, um, and I'm going to talk to Mike. Um, what's, your, what's your biggest memory you have of your son, one, and then his killer? Have you forgiven his killer? Did you talk to his killer? And um, did, he, did he say anything in the courtroom? Because I know you followed it all the way through. You went to the court and everything. So biggest memory of your son first. Oh, man. Uh, it's so many, man. <laughs> it is. It's, it's a lot of them. I, I can I can tell you just a couple real quick. One of them was I was riding down the street and he was uh this goes to the teenagers out there. Riding down the street. You know they out there smoking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm riding down the street and I look over and I see him and it's that you know that dawn where it done got kinda of like a little dog. I see a glow up. Whip this car back around. Go down the street, <laughs> come back up, sneak up on him. He <laughs> And burn himself running in the house. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> so that was that. And then I then I get into I mean y'all a lot of y'all know that I drive a truck. Yeah. So I was doing deliveries down in Atlanta. Okay. Delivering furniture. And I had a sleeper. And I used to take him with me uh, to go do my rides. And this particular day I told him, I said, Hey man, get in the back, go to sleep, get down to Atlanta, get something to eat. And we'll be straight. He said, all right. He was woke the whole ride. We get to the first delivery. Can't wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get to see the age. Hey, sleep. <laughs> how, 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 how old was your son when he was murdered? 15, man. He was 15. 15 years old? Yeah, 15 years old. So the court situation, yeah. And I just asked anybody who can hear this to really, really think about this. So, you know, when you go to court and they, they, the first appearance, I'm thinking it's the video. Yeah. So you and they, they got the video. So I'm like, oh, well, you know, they're going to bring, I'm going to see him on the video cameras. It's me and my cousin, his mom, my daughter. So I'm like, they're going to show him on the video camera. Bruh. They brought him through the door. And I was oh, on my, I was playing on my phone. And my cousin elbowed me, he say, there that nigga go right there. Yeah. I said, well, first thing I do is I look up this way to the TV screen. It's still black. And I look over, and there he is standing right there. How is that being in the courtroom with the person that murdered your child? Well, when the judge got to asking him, how do you plan to uh, 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 rep- represent yourself? Oh, represent yourself. Okay. No, how you plan to represent yourself? Mm-hmm. And he says that he wanted a court-appointed attorney. Mm-hmm. At that point in time, I called him a motherfucking coward and jumped over the benches. Mm. And I went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> he said, lock me up. And they, and they did. <laughs> and, but the thing, here's the thing, nah, man. That's here's a real emotion, the That's a real emotion. But here's the thing with the lockup. Yeah. I'm going, I'm going to the back. They already done took him back. They are about to put me in the same lockup cell with him. Oh boy! Until the dude come running out, say, "Hey, no, don't do that! Don't do that!" I was like, "Yeah, do that! Do, do that, that! Do that! Yeah, do that!" So, what, 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 what really gets to me, man, about the court is about That's what he man. said when they asked, uh, "Why did you kill him?" Nope. 
He said, I wanted to see somebody's mama cry. Mm. That's deep. Man, that's deep. I'm let you get yourself together. I told y'all this is a podcast. We keep it a thousand because a hundred ain't enough. Will Team True Blue in the building tonight. We're talking about this violence in our city, and as you can see, Will has been through it, you know, personally. His son was murdered here in Charlotte at the age of 15. I'll get back to Will in a minute. This is my man, Mike. What's up, Mike? What's going on, baby? What's How you feeling? Ready for homecoming. <laughs> Mike is a Smithite. That's why he said he's ready for homecoming, because we're both Smithites. I graduated from John C. Smith. I graduated in, like, 2020. When you graduated, Mike? About 1920. <laughs> <laughs> Put in, Micah. Uh, so, Mike, you're part of Team True Blue. Um, yep. What brought you to the team and what made this organization stand out for you? Very interesting story. Uh, I'm a national vice president of a, a motorcycle club. Okay. And in 2019, around April, I think it was, Will, Will reached out to me to see if he could get my club to lead the Stop the violence ride that was held that year. Uh, the uh, the year that for Charlotte Day. Yep, Charlotte Day. Yes, sir. Yep, yep. So he and I have been working on that since about April. You know, testing base with each other, chatting each other from time to time. And on August eighth of two thousand nineteen, what two weeks before the ride? Will? Yep. About the, two weeks. The ride was the actually ride. Uh, the eighteenth. August eighteenth. Yep. Ten days yeah. before the ride. Yeah. On August eighth. About nine o'clock that night, I got a call from my daughter, hysterical, that my youngest son had been shot. Wow. And, uh, you know, we went over, and, you know, I thought, Sam, you know, somebody shot him in the leg. He got shot by accident. You know, it ain't nothing serious. And on the way over to the scene, we get another call from my daughter saying that Sam didn't make it. Damn. Uh, and so we get there and go through that whole process. And the next day, Will called me. And he said to me, it's kind of ironic that you were working on a project to address the violence in Charlotte. And it comes and knocks on your door. You know, so uh, the the day of the ride, my son's funeral was actually the day before. Saturday, because the, the Charlie Day was that Sunday. Sunday, yep. So his yeah. his service was that Saturday. Mm. And we went ahead and did the ride that Sunday. And uh, Team True Blue was there for us. You know, uh, I know my first thought was when people, we saw the news. Early that, that Friday morning, because Sam got killed on a Thursday, early that Friday morning, and there was 23-year-old Samuel Stitt was found shot dead in a North Charlotte apartment. And my first thought was, the public going to think that, yeah, it's another little thug, drug dealer that got what he deserved. And that wasn't my son. And about 8.30, 9 o'clock, Will called and said, do y'all want to do a news interview? And my wife said, definitely. And we had three news stations at the house that day, you yeah. know, and they allowed us to to tell the public who Sam was, right? You know, to to you know, to let people know that it's you know good people to get caught in bad situations, right? And Willing Team True Blue just kind of stuck with us, you know. Uh, one of the first things he told me was what he just said a little while ago. He said, after the funeral is over, everybody's going to be gone. Is, has, has that held true for you and your family? To, to the T. Wow, wow. The day, the day after the funeral, coming, we came. At, matter of fact, it wasn't even the day after the funeral. It was after the funeral. And after the repast, and everybody left. Wow. You know, but you know, but, but, and, and I think that, you know, people have to go back to their lives. That's, yeah. This is one of the conversations that me and my wife had. Yeah. But it, 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 to me, it's always like, you know, this is your family, your friends. And you should check on them, you know, especially if you know they lost a child. You know, you know, us as fathers, we, we, we try to instill our, in our children the best that we, we can. And we try to give them the best that we can. Mm -hmm. And we try to give them the best advice. And we tell them to stay out of trouble. We tell them we love them. But it's evil out there. Yep. It's evil out there. Yep. And we know every time they leave our sight, and sometimes even when they're in our sight, 
that, you know, we're not going to be able to always protect them the way we would if we was there or if if we was around. So you just hope and you pray that your child has insight and he's gained enough insight from you and others around him to say, hey, I don't think the situation is right. Let me get out of there. Yeah. Let me get out of there. And, and, and sometimes, like you said, it's, it's just the right person at the wrong place. Yeah, because Sam uh, actually... He has a son. Noah was 18 months old at the time, and Sam was 23. And that boy loved that little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was at that girl's apartment at least four days a week, you know, going to see his son, spend some time with his son, you know, picking his son up, going to McDonald's, taking him to buy a pair of shoes, bringing him to the house, you know, and he was just – and from what we understand what happened to Sam, now Sam – was when he got there to pick Noah up, they weren't there yet, and she was living with her cousin. And I had told my boys, be careful about being in the private places with women other than your girlfriend or your wife because you may say something they misconstrued and blah, blah, blah. Right. So he stood outside waiting on her to get back with the kid. And she, when she got back, he was on the phone with his uncle. She went inside. He was standing, and it was over... Uh, Tom Hunter Road. Yes, it was at the, at the apartments, like yeah. Somerville or something like Somerset, that. Somerset, Somerset, Somerset yep, apartments. Somerset yep. apartments. I remember this. Yep, and he was standing on the front porch talking to his uncle on the phone, and and I had told, you should always tell my boys, y'all need to be aware of everything going on around you at all times. Yeah. And apparently he slipped. And he was on the phone, and his uncle said he heard Sam say, "Shut the door, shut the door," and the phone dropped when dead. And his, his son's mother said that he just kind of popped in the door and said, shut the door, shut the door, and turned and pushed the door shut. And they heard a pop. And he turned around and fell. Wow. Dead, you know. What, was, it a, was it a robbery? What was going on? Uh, from the, what you know. The, uh, the nobody knows. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, they think it was an attempted robbery that they got... They think it was an, they think that somebody tried to run up on him. He saw him at the last minute because he had a, a nine. He had a concealed carry. Yeah. He had a fully loaded nine hot one yeah. in the chamber. Yeah. In his holster, never got a chance to reach for it. Mm. You know, and whoever it was, they just shot through the door. Wow. So know? is it a, is the I'm um, <clears throat> oh, sorry. Is a litigation process process still going on, or what's going on with investigation? The they don't know. They don't. They don't. don't nobody have any knows nothing. Wow. So how is that? Because you know, Will, he got a chance to face his his son's killer face to face. You haven't quite had that chance yet. So how is that for you? Well, on the one hand, uh, I know that, and my things from the very beginning, from day one has been, there is no justice in this situation for me. If they find who did this, if they could take them, execute them, and give their life to my son and bring my son back, that's justice. Anything short of that, as far as me, there ain't no justice in this situation for me. What would you say, both of you guys, what would you say to, you know, because we, like I said, we work in the city. You know, we try to do our part. And, you know, we're really sincere about what we're doing when it comes to talk about curbing violence in our city. What do you say to parents out there who are going through what you're going through right now or what you've been through? There's people and there's organizations in this community that uh, are staffed and manned by people that have gone through what we're going through. You know, I was fortunate and blessed, you know, to have already established a relationship with Will because Will, was, Will has been a big help to me through this process. You know, so that was already put in place before the situation happened. And I was fortunate in that sense. Uh, you know, reach out to victims' assistance. They have support groups. Uh, and there are support groups out here to help get through the situation because it's, it's, t- it's tough, man. I'm going to tell you like this. It's, you know, uh, it's tough. I know one of the things you were talking a little while ago and, and I thought, and I remember 
when Sam got killed, I was angry at myself. I felt like a failure. Yeah. You know, I felt like I let him down because I felt like as his father, I was supposed to protect him. You know, but Sam was 23. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't walk you, him you, across the right, street. Right, you yeah. do. Like I said, we, 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 do, we, we do what we can. Like, we, we, we try to instill morals and values. Principles. Mm. Number one, I think that's, and I could be, you know, overstepping my bounds speaking on, you know, how y'all parent or whatever. But for me, I know it's about instilling principles. It's certain principles that you got to have as a man. Yep. There's certain things that you got to stand on as a man, point blank, period. And, one, and to me, one of them principles that you taught your son was be aware of your surroundings. But, the, you know, the one thing, and I guess, and I'm glad you said that because you've kind of, you've helped me. In this process by up. just saying that because just sitting here right now thinking I didn't have a father growing up my right. father was absent from my life right and I remember when uh, when we found out about Noah I beat my son in the head you're gonna be a good father you're gonna take care of that baby and it ain't about Jordan's it's about time that young, that young man needs your time. He don't need no Jordans and he don't need no Tims. He needs a father and a daddy. And, and I guess the bright spot that you just illuminated for me is that, and that's what he was doing. When he got killed, he was being a father. He was going to pick his son up. He was being there with his son. And when we got, uh, we got his car home, and about a month later, we went out and was cleaning his car out. And two days prior to that, he bought the boy a pair of Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're going to keep the kid fresh now. You know what I mean? Hey, dead air, we're going to keep the kid fresh. Kid got to be fresh. He can't, he can't go to daycare looking any kind of way. He's, he's a representation of me. Let me talk the podcast where we keep it a thousand because a hundred ain't enough. Team True Blue in the building. I got my man yes, Will. I got my man Mike. We're talking about, you know what I mean? They've been through... We, we, we see the violence going on in our city. We see it from, you know, a lot of us see it through eyes of we haven't been through it. Now, I've lost family members to violence in the city. Um, knock on wood. I haven't lost a child to violence, you know. That's a, that, that's a whole different type of ball game. And, and I can feel it through y'all pain, and I can feel it through the pain of, you know, being at the candlelight vigils, and I can already see, and that's a pain that I don't want to feel. No, sir. Because I've lost somebody close to me. But it wasn't a child, and and everybody knows that it's way different than when it's your child. Absolutely. When it's you in that situation. Absolutely. But you know, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about you know doing work, working in the city. Uh, it's a lot of violence going on. Last yep. year we had the most murders ever in Charlotte history, 125. I think that's where we topped out yet. On track for it this year. We're uh, currently at 22 murders with four people shot yesterday. If anybody dies from the shootings on yesterday, it increased from 22 to whatever that number becomes. Actually, one of the shootings actually included a seven-year-old, all in the same spot. Yeah. All in the same on spot. On Hovis Road. Um, yeah, Hovis Road, Hoskins Road, mm -hmm. um, Bradford Drive, all that whole little area over there. Yeah. The police chief, uh, Chief Jennings, actually held a press conference and a community meeting. Yeah, they had a township. They had a, a, yeah. a, 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 a yeah, a yeah, town a hall today. Yeah. He said he wanted to do it today, which is, which is being active. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's being reactive. You know, if I have to be a, a thousand, I think it's being reactive and not proactive. Right. So my thing is, you know, this is not the first time they've had violence in that community. Absolutely. So Just why why do we got to wait till four people get shot and not the other shootings that have taken place over there? Because a lot of shootings have taken place over there. And now we wait till it's four juveniles that's doing the shooting and we have a town hall. I applaud the town hall. However, I just think it's being reactive and not proactive. So for me. Um, working with organizations, I'd like to be um, proactive. Right. Well, let me let me just stop and say this to you, man, because, um, and I've told you this, so you know it's nothing new. But the community applauds you, and we are grateful and thankful to have you come from behind that desk, that board, that switchboard, telling jokes and, and playing music and. <laughs> doing all of that, and then when we see you in the community, you know, for the most part, it was a Power 98 event going on, and that's where we would see you from, or, or a show or a concert or something, but, you know, I go back to the day that you called me and you said, 
hey, I want to do a uh, day of solidarity um, in the community. You know, and I, and I just told her, I said, hey, you know Lemon Larry. All you got to do is go live. You go live, I get behind you, it's going to go. And out of that day of solidarity birthed Charlotte Day. Because see, out of out of Charlotte Day, I mean, out of out of uh, solidarity, was when everybody got together. We wanted to form the United Neighborhoods of Charlotte, and we wanted to do something big for Charlotte, something great for the kids. They was getting ready back to school, so we just incorporated what everybody was doing and brought it all together to do one big thing. But I can tell you this without a shadow of a doubt, brother, we love you and we appreciate you for all that you're doing in the community because. I know without without you having the resources that you have, especially when it came to Charlotte Day, you know, it wouldn't been as big. It would have been big, but it wouldn't have been as big because you have those resources that connected to, you can reach places that we can't, you know. So, you know, from the community I, and, and me being a part of the community, I just want to say thank you. Hey Amen. Thank y'all for allowing me because, you know, like I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a original Charlotte based here. So I, I feel like it's my duty. Like, you know, a lot of people that are in certain positions, they weren't born and raised here. So they might not feel like it's their duty. I feel like it's my duty. Like, this is my due diligence to give back to the community. Yeah, you know, the station might play this kind of music, play that kind of music, but whatever. But judge us on the things that we do outside of that. Absolutely. Judge us outside of the things when we come outside and we're saying this, we're doing this, and how we're trying to instill different things in the community. And my thing about it is, you know, as, as fathers, you know, the, the first thing we always want to be to our kids is an example. That's the first thing. Absolutely. Like, I can't tell my son don't smoke weed and I'm smoking weed. That's true. He going to look at me like, hey, man, you crazy as hell. I just seen you like blowing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? At that, how you going to tell me to do nothing? No. So, so with anything, it's always let me try to be the example. Now, like they always say you can lead a horse to water, but you can't, can't make, make the horse drink. drink. Absolutely. So my first step is, and my first step has always been, let me go out. If, if I'm asking you to walk in the street. I'm gonna come walk with you. That's it. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna say walk in the street and I'm gonna be at the house. That's right. Now I'm gonna come out there with you. So <laughs> I always wanted to be an example, not only for the community but for my kids as well to say, hey, yep, yeah, my daddy said, yeah, that's what he doing. So yeah, let's go do that. So um, I just applaud y'all, everybody, and you know, Charlotte Day was an idea of of, of Gemini Boyd, and right, we all right. got together, and we made the idea happen. But that day does not happen without everybody coming together and that's what it's about we came together it wasn't just me it wasn't just you right it was everybody because right it was certain things that i couldn't do and i don't want to do that somebody else <laughs> did it was it was you coming in last second saying when they threw they, they started throwing curveballs they started throwing curveballs at, 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 at the 18th hour okay charlotte day about to happen on sunday they come friday y'all need such and such oh we got that We'll call. We got that. Oh, what about this? Nope. We we'll, we got that too. <laughs> but what about this? It's Saturday morning. They still making calls trying to make it happen. This is a true story. A true story. Trying to make it not happen. True story. And, and after after all was said, said and done, everybody came together. All our T's and all our T's was crossed and all our I's was dotted. There was nothing they could do but not accept nothing. it. And That's they, all they could do was accept, damn, it's hey, got to happen. And, and to be honest with you, you know, you talking about shut it down. They were still trying to shut it down Sunday. They were still trying to shut it down that day. It's not our problem that 10,000 people want to come to the park that we pay taxes in all on the same day. Listen, we 10, all want to be, it was 10,000 that 10, wanted to come. 10,000 that was I, there, baby. I, I promise you now, to be honest, it was probably it was probably a 10,000 in the park, but it was another 3,000 oh, yeah. trying to get in that they, they were not, not allowed in. in. They would not let they them would in. They let them in there. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing. But what that show was what happens when everybody works together. And see, and that's... that's everybody worked together. That, my friend, is how we stop some of this violence. And I agree. And I think we all, we all got to get back. Uh, we got to get away from the I's, the me's, the we, and, the, and the you's and pointing fingers. And let's get out here and get in these communities. Hey, we know where the trouble spot at. Uh, we going to go over there? Oh, we gonna, we, we got to get back to loving on each other and instilling hope into yep. these communities. Yep. Now, when you speak of these trouble spots, we would, I was just talking to some people about it the other day. When you look at, let's take Bates Road. 
Mm-hmm. The incident that's happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been some murders over there. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the families. Um, that strip mall, right? Yep. That strip mall got to go. We have to do. We have to do the change up that environment because when you change that environment, you're gonna change that that crime rate over there. Same as uh, West Boulevard and Remount. Yep. You gotta go. See, we have to. We have. You can't be afraid doing this work. You can't. Can't be afraid doing this work. What? All I can tell you is make sure you got some life insurance, and make sure that you don't go out here being a Billy Badass because that's not what it's about. That's not what it's about at all. And the thing about it is, so I know a lot of us sit back and watch these movies. Like a lot of y'all watch Judas and the Black Messiah, which was not that long ago. Like when you look at this, these are real life people. A lot of y'all looked at the characters on the screen and didn't realize these were real people. Real. And all these wasn't these wasn't people that were elected. These were people in the community that got together and said, "We're not gonna allow this in our community. We're gonna bond, we're gonna band and bond together, and this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna stick with. Uh, if I got an organization, I'm not pointing fingers at that organization. It's a shame to have an organization try to call me out about a live that I did." I did a live, organization going to say, don't look at my live because my live is not factual. How is live information not factual? <laughs> I still ain't figured that out yet. But I, but I think I needed to say that, so I'm going to say it. I'm going to leave. How, how is a live not factual? But you know what it is, Larry? So, the, hold on, let me finish, Mike. So, the thing about it is we got, we got to work together, like Will said. We, we can't be scared, and we just got to get out here. We got, if we want resources... We can get the resources. If we want whatever we want done, we got to stop telling ourselves it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. We got to start saying, how can we make it happen? Because if you want change, you got to either, it's, it's either choice or force. What did we say about Charlotte? Choice or force. We're we going to do it. We're going to do it whether they want us to or not. And we said, and we said, we said they're going to put us out of Charlotte for doing Charlotte Day, but we're going to do it. We're going to do it. And we did. Yeah, and that's that was our whole motto going into Charlotte Day. So for y'all, for those who watch it who might not know what Charlotte Day is or was, so Charlotte Day was 2019. Um, it was a day we wanted to come together, bring the community together, and we wanted to uh, put everybody um, in the same place at the same time. Like Will said, it was a back-to-school event as well. We gave out 5,000 book bags, 5,000 book bags. We gave away 5,000 book bags. We had food for over nine thousand eight nine thousand people yep so all in the park and we took it back to freedom park so if you're from charlotte you know the importance of freedom park for us mm -hmm. as african americans this was the park we used to go to every they, sunday on sundays we used to cruise on sundays until they put the law in that cruising was not allowed then the miles park and the um uh whatever other association is over there came in and took over and they banned it all and then they shut the park down redid the park but you can't cruise. So now we can't cruise through there, and now we stop going. So now every time you want to do something in Freedom Park, a park which you pay taxes on, if you live in the city in the county of in the city of Charlotte and Mecklenburg County, you pay taxes on that park. You can use any park. All you got to do is sign up and use it. But this particular park, they don't want y'all to use. Yep. It's a lot of red tape when you want to get Freedom Park. Trust me. So we said when when Jim and I sat down, he said, "Listen, I got a vision." Jim and I said, "Imagine this." Us in Freedom Park, we standing on the big stage. It's filled with people, and we just look out and we say, "Wow, a and day of nonviolence, yep. a day of solidarity," and we done fed everybody, and everybody go home happy. And I said, "You know what? That's a dope fish." And we did it. I got the video. If you want to see the video, DM me, inbox me. I'll show you the video. It's crazy. Fantasia, shout out to Fantasia and her husband Kendall. Yep. They made. I made a call to Kendall. He said, "Listen, me and my wife will be there." If I'm not there, she'll be there, I promise you, because she loves Charlotte. Anthony Hamilton, he said, listen, I'm in there. I don't care. I love the city. I'm from the city. Born and raised here. I'm there. Casey and JoJo called. Listen, I'm there. Put me in the building. There. Sunshine Anderson said, whatever y'all want to do about this city, I'm about this city because I'm tired of hearing mothers cry. I'm tired of seeing brothers die. I want to be a part of it. They all came. They all did their thing. They all uh, stood with us in solidarity. And it was the first time ever. Fantasia, Anthony Hamilton, Sunshine Anderson, and KC was all on the stage at one time. And they, gave, they gave you a big shout out for that because you was the first one to put all four of them together. 
even though it wasn't a, a a paid concert like that, but it was the first time. But I just want to say something. I'm pretty sure Fantasia probably looking at this. <laughs> Please don't ever show up like that again. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean she came deep? Man, oh, Fantasia came the by herself. She, she, brought, she, she, she came by herself and walked through the crowd. But, through the crowd. Real, but the thing about it is, though, when you got real love, you ain't got nothing to worry I mean, about. I, I and that's what that. she said. She that's said, I, I got real love. I ain't got nothing to worry about. Sunshine Anderson the same way. She looked at me and said, Will, you ready to go? I was like, go well. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> but, you know, we, um, we're going to continue to work out here in this community. Um, you can reach out. How do you reach out to Team True Blue? Because, like I said, man, people are still out here. They're still losing their life. And before I get to the how do you reach out to Team True Blue, what do you want to look at the camera and tell them boys out there with them guns right now? They might be thinking about going to kill somebody's son right now. Or daughter. To put that gun down because you got to understand that not only are you causing another family excruciating hurt, and pain, but you're also costing your family that same hurt and pain because if you go out here and you pull the trigger and you take another person's life, you also take your life. You're going to be gone from your family. They're going to live without you uh, for years and years and years if you have children. Your children are going to be raised by a system that's designed to keep a foot on their throat. And those children need their fathers in their homes to raise them and guide them and teach them and show them a way to be a part of this community, to be a part of this 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 uh this system that we have in this city. So I'm gonna say it just like this, because you brought up something. Put the guns down and stop this violence. Some of you hardheads running around out here, you got kids, and the first thing you want to say is that ain't no man gonna raise my child. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you go to pull that trigger and you go to kill somebody, another man going to raise your child. So if you want to raise oh, your woman. own child, you want to raise your child and you want to be the father that you're supposed to be, then put the damn gun down. It's no need for it. Back in the day, bro, we ain't had nothing but these right here. You know what I mean? And if you can't fight, then go get in the gym somewhere. But put the guns down. Because when we look up right now, all we're seeing is that these babies now are starting to carry guns. That's scary. So parents... If you know that your child has a gun in that house, then listen, you need to be held accountable for your child's action. I don't care how you say it. Well, he, he 13, you're right. He's 13 years old living in your house with a gun. What's going to happen to you? The same thing that's going to happen to you if that child don't go to school. They go to jail, right? You need to be more involved and more concerned about what's going on in your child's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, this or whatever they got going on, get involved in your kid's life and figure out what they have going on in their life. You have to also learn to listen to the music that they listen to because I'm going to tell you just like this. If you don't know the lyrics to a song and they know the lyrics to a song, then nine times out of ten, you ain't paying them no attention because every child going to play that song around their parents. They get in the car, they're going to switch the radio station. If they're in the house, they're going to turn, they're going to put it on their phone, they're going to do something. But if you can't hear what they're doing, then you ain't paying your child no attention. And when they go out that door and kill somebody, then, then it's like, well, I thought they was in the room. Well, you wasn't paying them any attention. And that's just how it is. And I'm going to tell you, last but not least, but we got to change the system. We got, we got to change these judges and these DAs because they're giving out bonds to murderers. You kill somebody. Your ass shouldn't have no bond. If you out here doing some crime, some devilish crime, and you go to jail, they need to hold you. They need to give you a bond that your family can't touch. And that's just what it is, man, because what's happening is it's a revolving door. I can shoot you, go to jail, get a $100,000 bond, somebody bond, my friend bond me out, and I'm back out on the street. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy. I was looking at, I was looking at the thing tonight where the, 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 the white boy walked through the crowd and shot two or three people doing the ride, right? And the dude, Justin, what's his name from, 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 from uh, what's that movie? We grew up to a Richard, Richard, uh, what's it called? He, he posted a $2 million, posted, posted the guy's $2 million bond. And he done shot and killed two people. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that's crazy. You know what I mean, so and then and then if you're not following this trial that's going on, like bro, that video and all the Somebody videos. George Floyd trial. 
Man, all the videos they showed today. Oh yeah, it was oh crazy. my god. So let me say something. I, I I I see what's going on because I studied gang culture in Chicago back when I was on a national tour with the play back in like eight ninety eight ninety nine. So what I see happening is these gangs in our city are infiltrate, and a lot of them ain't starting here, but a lot of people are moving here and they're bringing their culture to our city. And real charlatans, we got to stand up and we got to push that culture out of our city if we don't want it here. So what I see is the same thing that they did in Chicago. They started recruiting real, real young. 12, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. 12 12 because if they get in trouble, it's, it's nine times out of ten it's going to be a misdemeanor unless it's something serious. They're going to get right back out yep. and they still can do whatever they need to do. My thing is, listen. What's the issue? Like, why are we shooting up whole neighborhoods? Why? Why are we? It's, it, it, even in certain parts of the country, they have protocol, they have layers, and they have understanding. And my thing is, can we get to an understanding of just put the guns down, just stop the violence? I, me personally, I don't care about you getting money. I don't care nothing about that. But can we stop the violence? Can we stop killing each other kids and What's the issue? What's the beef about? What is it about? Let's talk about what's the beef about. I, 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 I don't mind sitting down with the leader of this gang, the leader of that gang. Let's come to the table like Will out. That's his favorite word. Let's come to the table. So let's come to the table. Let's come to the, the sandbox, the basketball court, or wherever. And if we got to do it separately, let's have a, a conversation of where if it is a gang war going on, can we get a truce? How do we make that happen? And that's just that's reality of what's really, really going on on the streets, because I ain't in it, but I hear it. You know, what I mean, in the barbershop, I hear it moving throughout the community. And like I said, I see it. And I remember studying gang culture in Chicago. That's how they do. They recruit young and it starts like this. So we're at the starting point of of what's going on. But if we already know what the starting and the end point is somewhere in, in between, I think we can intervene. And I think our intervene point is right now, right here, right now. So I feel like this is, we got to do something. So if y'all know any of them, that's the head of them gangs. I don't even know what gang it is. Any of them. Man, just look, y'all can inbox me. Let's let's sit down and let's talk, bro. Cause I, I just don't, I'm just a seven year old shot brother. Yeah. That, that, ain't, that ain't cool in nobody gang culture. Yeah, another another shooting in the same area, same area. Another shooting in the same area. Right now, while we're doing this podcast, so obviously, I mean, I, Ray Charles get Ray Ray Charles can see is it, it's a problem over there. Yeah. So now we need it. We need to go straight to the problem. I think so. I'm talking to the resource leaders that can go over there and do something about it. That's the sheriff and the police, the SBI, the FBI, and all them. Listen, we know it's a problem over there. Let's go do something about it. One of the things that Will said earlier, he mentioned the system. I was talking to a young man today, very intelligent young brother, graduated from Marshall University. His minor was in physics. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Do, I'm not, can I talk to you? <laughs> <laughs> but very sharp young man, very respectful. And we was talking, he was talking about the system, the system that's broken, the system is this. I told him, I said, the system ain't broke, bro. The system is working perfectly. The system is designed to keep black people where we are, shooting at each other, angry at each other, hating on your, your, your Facebook Live. That's what the system is designed to do, you know? And we sit around talking about this system is broke, and if, if it broke, it's been broke for 400 years, why ain't somebody tried to fix it? Because we're the only ones that can fix it. I understand the chief of police and the sheriff and the DA and the mayor, the police are designed, the police job is to solve crime. Our job is to prevent crime. And our job as activists in this community is to go back and reach these young people. The, big, the biggest thing that I see right now is young people don't have any conflict resolution skills. They don't know how to sit down. And you know, Larry, you did something to offend me, bro. I just want to bring to your attention. Big Mike, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that. All right, pound up, let's move on. The way that they, they don't have those skills. So one of the things that Team True Blue does is the mentoring program. Now, when my son got killed, I started an organization that's in partnership with Team True Blue, and we're about to start another mentoring program. 
uh, over at the Nina University Elementary School. Mm-hmm. They got 45 young boys over there. I'm looking for 15 guys to take three young boys each, you know, and spend time with them. Because that's what a lot of these young people need. You know, uh, we need, where, where's uh, all the parks at? One of the things that I, I was reading a study uh, a couple of months ago, and they were talking about, when they were talking about defunding the police, and everybody talking about they want to close the police station down. But no, because studies show that the, the, the communities with the lowest rate of policing have the lowest crime rates. The fewer police they have, the lower the crime rate. How does that make sense? Those, even in Charlotte, those same communities have public libraries, they have parks, they have summer sports programs, they have youth sports programs, they have all these other community resources that Bates Ford Road don't have, that Hovis Road don't have, that West Boulevard don't have. You know, so it's up to us to start, you know, one of the things that I want to see us do is I want to do a bum rest of city council. I want to have a city council meeting when they start meeting live again, where we there at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, where we the only ones can get in. And they need to sit down and they need to address these issues. I grew up in Charlotte. Me and my wife both worked in the mayor's summer youth job program. Mm-hmm. Gave us something to do during the summer. I grew up in Fairview Homes. This mayor's summer youth uh, program used to come over to Oakland Park. Every day, Monday through Friday from 9 to 3. And they would have all us kids up there while our single parents was at work. But we were up on the park playing horseshoes, volleyball, softball, basketball, ping pong. And they would even bring bag breakfasts and bag lunches. But it gave us something to do. And they had, we had some structure and guidance during the day. You go to these neighborhoods now during the summer, moms at work, kids 10, 11 years old, 8, 9 years at home, at home by themselves all day. Ain't got nothing to do but get in trouble. You know, well, the thing. Let me stop you, Mike. Right. For me, it's on us to give them something to do, and that's that's my whole thing. I've been saying a lot of we will say not just not you, but a lot of people will say, well, the kids don't have nothing to do. Well, it's on us adults to give them something to do. That for for the ones that's out here that might might have businesses that might have, you know, you might have a dream of being a coach. We'll start a youth program in the neighborhood and coach them kids, and you know. Call your homeboy across town. Let him start a program, and y'all put it together, and y'all start. If y'all got to play each other every week, you know, whatever it takes. We got, we got to and stop saying they don't got nothing to do, and let's give them something to do. Right, that's we we got to give them something to do. When we, when we were kids, you know, down when you had the, the recreational centers that you had, you know, during the summertime. They still around? You had the track. You know, they, yeah. they, they, they had the track programs, track basketball pro- programs. All those. You actually, you actually, you know, they actually didn't cost the parents you know yeah well man listen it's it's enough resources in our community i don't care if we, i mean for me i don't care if we got to get money from the drug dealers they'll donate money for a sports program absolutely you know and i mean if we they, need to bring them to what to take <laughs> even if, even <laughs> if, even if they got even if they got a sponsor uniforms or something they'll do it but a lot of times we look at them and uh i don't want to ask them for nothing i'm asking everybody everybody who can be a part of the solution I'm asking everybody who can be a part of the solution. I'm asking everybody who can be a part of the solution. We got enough money in our own communities to do our own thing. We don't have to wait on AAU programs. We can do neighborhood pro. This is what we talked about in United Neighborhoods of Charlotte. We did. We can do neighborhood programs. Right. You you know somebody over there that might might boy he might have been a hell of a coach back in the day, bro. Hey, come coach these kids outside. Even if you like I said, you just coach them in the neighborhood. Right. Man, yeah, we, one, one we, of the one of the biggest coaches back in the day, child coaches. I think he's still coaching, man. Remember Purcell? Mm-hmm. Purcell, man, he. Everybody now, know Purcell. But he was the one that really, really, you know what I'm saying, poured into you. Right. And made you, you know what I'm saying, I couldn't catch a ball to save my life. But he, he put a glove in my hand and said, hey, you're going to learn how to catch a ball. That's what's up. You know what I mean? So we got to get those people, man. We got to go back and grab those people to say, hey, we need you. We need y'all to come and be a part of the movement and stop sitting at home looking at Facebook and making comments. <laughs> <laughs> we need hey to man, come. <laughs> let me talk the podcast where we keep it a thousand uh, because a hundred ain't enough. It's Team True Blue, man. It's my man Wills, my man Mike. How do they get in contact with Team True Blue? Team True Blue, you can look up us on Facebook. You can get us on Instagram. You can also visit our website, which is T-E-A-M-T-R-U-B-L-U-E-I. N L T. That is our dot org. So teamtreeblue.org. 
You can actually visit us right there, or you can contact us at TeamTrueBlue at gmail.com. Yeah, it is, man. Thank y'all for being here tonight. Appreciate it went by you. fast, didn't it? You need to know. See, I'm going to tell you something, bro. <laughs> hey, <laughs> i see y'all next week, man. It's the podcast. Let me talk the podcast. I'm No Limit Larry. We keep it a 1,000 because 100 ain't enough. Smitty, take me out here, big dog. Yeah. What's going on in the world? No, we gotta speak about it. Change the type of what's your favorite hobby. Change it back, I'm pro black. Switch it up, it's got some new ways to make the money stack. No limit, Larry speaking all facts from the North Cat to the South Cat. Let me talk.